0: Hi, this is Brad Redderson, and welcome to Stranova, a bi weekly audio business program exploring the intersection of cutting edge business strategy and the innovations that can ignite business growth. As an entrepreneur with over 30 years' experience leading high tech organizations, I've constantly sought out new ideas that could take business to an entirely new level of performance. For Stranova, I've invited some of the most innovative business leaders out there and asked them to share their ideas with you. So sit back, listen, and consider what some of these new thoughts might mean to your business as we begin this week's episode of Stranova. This episode of Stranova is about harnessing the power of business as a major force of positive change on the planet. Yeah, I know, we do have to face that the last couple of years, American business at least, hasn't exactly offered up stellar examples of what it means to be a positive leader. One major milestone, if you want to call it that, was the dot-com bubble that sucked millions of dollars out of the pockets of venture capitalists and people like you and I as well, with sometimes no more substance to them than a sagging sock puppet. And then we have all that greed and corruption in companies like Enron, WorldCom, and Tyco, where, to me at least, it still seems like the little guys out there lost their shirts, while the big guys who caused it all, for the most part, so far it seems, have only had to suffer by making do with just a little less starch in their designer label shirts, which, of course, they still own, along with a few mansions as well. But with all that, you also have to admit that business is a pretty important part of life, and a major force that has created some pretty wonderful changes in our way of living along the way. And we'd like to have that force be seen in a different light, wouldn't we? Well, some traditional business organizations are dealing with that right now, working on some image repair for the business community. But, as the famous author Mark Twain once said, actions do speak louder than words. Our guest this week, Elliot Hoffman, head of the recently birthed organization The New Voice of Business, is going to give us some possible visions of how he thinks business should change and even more importantly how business can use some of its leverage as possibly the most powerful common social organizational structure in the world not only to reshape the image of business but also to use its collective voice to drive some very important changes for the world as well mr hoffman himself is a gifted entrepreneur on his own the founder of the successful just desserts business which he started from scratch and built into one of the most widely respected brands in the San Francisco Bay Area. After 27 years in that business, he moved on to support what he describes as his true passion in life, being a positive supporter of the enormous transitions we are going through as a nation, species, and planet for the benefit of all those who will come after us. We are very pleased to have Mr. Hoffman with us to discuss his vision of how the collective force of business can truly positively and dramatically reshape the world. Elliot, welcome to Stranova.
1: pleasure to be here with you.
0: With your new organization called the New Voice of Business, a very logical first question comes up. What was wrong with the Old Voice?
1: The Old Voice, which you can just name a couple of organizations as examples, and it's, it's not meant to necessarily be critical, but the Old Voice, you could say, is represented generally by organizations like the U.S. Chamber of Commerce the National Association of Manufacturers and and others. And they tend to represent a philosophy of unfettered self-interest, maximization of short-term profits at all costs, and it's a powerful voice that is doing serious damage to the country and the planet. They tend to speak mainly for the interests of large multinational corporations almost to the detriment of a majority of the smaller businesses and society as a whole
0: so this is a bit about the way things have been in the past at least for some of these organizations as you created the new voice of business what was your aim going forward in what you were trying to accomplish with this new organization
1: let me answer that by first offering you a a quote from a gentleman by the name of I think it's pronounced Yitzchak Adizas founder of the Adizas Institute and his quote is I was having a drink with the CEO of one of the largest oil companies in the world and he admitted, yes, I'm concerned. You are absolutely right. This world is going to pieces. And then he said, but hey, what can I do? So in a very overall sense, our goal is to answer that CEO's question about what can I do? And we are shorthand, uh, managed saying that we're interested in bringing together moderate to progressive business people to build a non-partisan, non-ideological, pragmatic organization of business people who will, together, in a clear and unified voice, to educate each other and to speak out on some of the core issues of our times which goes to you know some of our core focus at this point. We obviously live in a time of huge transitions that have been going on and will continue to go on for decades, not just years. This is a long-term effort. We believe that business has to step up and take a leadership role in helping the country and the world go through these transitions. Business has lots of capabilities, but it's got a distinct core competency and that is that business is very good at organizing for common purpose to produce a result. And so we believe that business, as one of, if not the dominant institution on the planet, has to play a positive leadership role.
0: Now, certainly that's an ambitious set of goals. There have been other organizations that have started out at least on some of the issues you've talked about, perhaps in not as ambitious a manner as yours. So in what ways do you see what you're doing is different from some of those other approaches that have been and continue to be out there in the areas of social venturing and organizations focusing on more responsible business?
1: Now, there's some really good people and good organizations that are out there in, in the business world. You know, a couple off the top that I've, I've been involved with a number of them for years. And, you know, one is the Social Ventures Network, which is a wonderful organization of about 400, people from nonprofits to for-profits and philanthropists and so on. And they come together twice a year and uh, put on wonderful conferences and bring together lots of good people. And I've made some wonderful lifelong relationships there, but there isn't a continuity. There isn't a focus on being a voice of business. It's about bringing together business people to learn about different interesting subjects and then people go off on their own so there's no knitting together of energies for long-term effort, focused effort. There's BSR, Business for Social Responsibility, which was started in the early 90s with a similar goal in mind, if you will, but within a couple of years, it went in a different direction and essentially has become a consulting organization for large Fortune 100 companies and works with many of these companies in the arena of internal best practices, HR practices, environmental practices, and BSR does good work, but it lost its voice. It does not speak out on any, any policy issues at all. And then there's Bali, which is Business Alliance for Local Living Economies, which really focuses on enhancing our local economies around the country. And it deals mainly with very small businesses. And again, wonderful people trying to do a good thing, but there isn't a cohesive voice on a regional or national level and there's many others you know there's e2 which is a, an organization of about 600 high-level business people focused on the environment that's part of uh, nrdc but there's no cohesive we're, we're interested in building a large cohesive voice of business people regardless of size of company we want small medium and large companies involved who are going to speak out on these issues so
0: a key to the difference is indeed this word voice that you have chosen in your own organization's name the new voice of business these other organizations although they're certainly doing good work from what you've indicated tend to be far more inwardly focused or on a far more local level and not really expressing their voice outward as a collective force is that really a key to what you're about in this new organization
1: not only do we want to build a business voice through the new voice of business. We also are very focused on building powerful alliances within the arena of business and outside the arena of business. So I'll give you a good example is something that we're working on right now at this very moment is what was called uh, Senate Bill 1 in California, which was affectionately called the Million Solar Roofs Initiative and it died in the assembly at the end of the session for a variety of reasons, which we don't need to go into, but it still has a a strong possibility of coming to life through the California Public Utilities Commission. So we took on the task of working with a nonprofit organization to gain business support to promote this through the five uh, California Public Utilities Commissioners who will make a decision on this in early November. And in so doing, we're working with, Other business organizations in California like the Bay Area Council, which has endorsed it and is clearly working with us. They're the 550 largest employers in, in Northern California. I'm working with the San Francisco Chamber of Commerce to get them to endorse it and have their CEOs write letters of support. So it's about not just building our own voice, but where appropriate, bringing together a number of organizations in alliance to speak together on some of these issues.
0: Well, just in that last answer, that leads very well into my next question. In some of the documents that you've written as you organize the new voice of business, you mentioned three major issues as your strategic focus energy, economy, and the emerging role of business. Let's take these one at a time. What is the energy topic about, and what is your focus in that area?
1: Well, basically, we believe in and want to support the full acceleration and build-up of what can be called the renewable energy economy. You know, it is one of the sea changes, if you will, that's going on in the world. And from a number of people that I've talked with, there seems to be fair agreement that the, the issue of moving from the fossil fuel economy to the renewable energy economy is one of the core strategic initiatives of our era, when we move to renewable energy, we will be able to address so many of the core issues that are underlying our long-term challenges, from global warming, peak oil, budget deficits, trade deficits, the general health of the economy, health, ca- I mean, military spending. You know, why are we spending so much on the military? You know, what are going to be the reasons for war and peace, War in the future is going to be around energy supplies. Global warming is not going away. It's only going to get worse. So we have to, for the survival of the species and the planet in the long term and for the health of our kids, we have to move to a renewable energy economy. And we believe that there are enormous business, job creation, investment opportunities in renewable energy.
0: So when your group calls for looking at a change to renewable energy sources, you're actually looking at an entire systemic change to the the business and world ecosystem that that exists in. And in addition to the obvious benefits of less dependence on foreign oil, you're also looking at changes in global warming, changes in the nature of why we have conflict in the entire world, and also a new spurring of a completely different line of businesses that will result from this. So let's move to the next of your three elements, the economy topic as it relates to the new voice of business. What are your aims with respect to
1: that? We support the reprioritization of our nation's economic and fiscal policies so that we can create that healthy, just, and environmentally sustainable society that we all want and that is really there for us. Look at this as business people would look at it, you know, building bridges to nowhere in Alaska for uh, $250 million bucks, and then building a highway to nowhere in the same area for another $250 million bucks. you know, I'll just go out there and say, I think that's insane. If you read Pete Peterson's book, Running on Empty, Pete Peterson was Richard Nixon's Secretary of Commerce, lifelong Republican, one of the founding members of the Concord Coalition and basically says in his book that both republicans and democrats but especially the current republicans this is his words are acting in extraordinarily irresponsible ways and comes right out and says that a measure of a society of a society's morality is what it leaves the next generation and he's saying based upon our current economic policies we are being extremely immoral We are about to leave our children in an incredible economic mess. So again, as responsible business people, we're saying, we've got to reprioritize our economic policies and tax policies here. And it's not about one party versus the other, because both parties have been irresponsible. So again, it goes to the nonpartisan, pragmatic nature of what we're trying to do here. Let's look at what really makes sense for now and for our investments into the future. I, I spent some time talking with George Lakoff about some of this about a year and a half ago and he took up the frame of, of tax relief and I'm just using this as an example. Well, the, the, the right has, has framed taxes as something that need to be, you need to have relief from. So let's really talk about what, what are taxes. Taxes are the dues that we pay for a civilized society. And even Warren Buffett would tell you that there's no such thing as a self-made man, if you will, a self-made person. You know, who builds the airports? You know, our schools, our military, our roads. It's the taxes that we pay. And uh, to, to think that people are individually going to donate to build schools and armies and so on is, that's just not going to happen.
0: So we can collect our thoughts on what's already been discussed this episode. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll be right back. back and we're talking to Elliot Hoffman, the founder of The New Voice of Business. Elliot, the third of the three major issues is probably the most intriguing and at the same time the most difficult to describe or imagine all at once. You have it under the title, The Emerging Role of Business. Can you tell us what that means and what your aims are with respect to that activity?
1: Well, you're right. Although that's the most difficult one to get a firm grasp on, it's probably the most important in the long term because if we continue down the road of the current paradigm that says the purpose of business is to be a money machine and produce return for shareholders, and that's the end of the story, then we're, we're dead. We're not going to leave anything for our children. So we really want to have deeper conversations and dialogues with business people about let's, let's really think about what is the role of business in the 21st century. Is it to be strictly a money machine or is it to be a place where people come together to work in life affirming enterprises towards the common goals? You know, I think we should be sitting down and having serious conversations about basic foundational issues like capitalism. You know, there are some really good parts of capitalism and let's face the fact that there are some real shadow sides of capitalism and free markets and let's talk about that and let's either eliminate the shadows, deal with them, but let's be straight about it. You know, How do we get the system to reward employees, people that really do work hard and do play by the rules and yet are slipping further behind, lose their health care, can't afford their kids to go to college and so on. How do we deal with that? Is, is business really meant to be a dog-eat-dog world?
0: This actually connects back to a theme that you had in the other two points, the economy and the energy one, which is that we, in business and in politics, tend to have a pretty short-term attitude toward what we should be planning for, how we should be acting, and the repercussions of our actions. And this isn't just about having to change the attitude. There's also a lot of infrastructure that supports this whole thing, such as, say, in the stock market, the expectation that you'll give quarterly earnings reports as opposed to 50-year projections, which might be the long-term view. So I know this isn't unique to the business strategic focal point, but with all the rules, regulations, and the social inertia around the way business has generally been run in the past, isn't this going to be a pretty tough transformation to cause to come to pass?
1: What we might have to see, and I don't want it to be this way, but it seems to be that our species in general has to feel a fair amount of pain before it changes. And, you know, maybe there just aren't enough people that have lost their health insurance yet. Maybe there are not enough people that are unemployed. You know, maybe the gap between the wealthy and everybody else is not wide enough yet. I don't know. But I think at some point, we do need to have a a minimum of serious conversation about this we, I believe that we do need to do things like change our tax laws. You know, a combination of probably going to have to increase taxes, and there are places where we can cut out waste. You know, when you're talking about economics. But you know, I'd like to actually go back for a moment and read you a, a quote from a Thomas Friedman uh, op-ed from May 25th. The title of the piece was CEOs. M-I-A, Missing in Action. I'll just read you one quick paragraph here. America faces a huge set of challenges if it is going to retain its competitive edge. As a nation, we have a mounting education deficit, energy deficit, budget deficit, healthcare deficit, and ambition deficit. The administration is in denial on this, and Congress is off on Mars. Yet when I look around for the group that has both the power and interest in seeing America remain globally focused and competitive, America's business leaders, they seem to be missing in action. I'm not worried about the rise of the cultural conservatives. I'm worried about the disappearance of an internationalist pro-American business, as he calls it, elite. So... What do we have to do? We have to somehow motivate business leaders, business people to understand, become educated about and mobilized about what's really going on here. Because I can make an argument that if we keep going in the same direction, it's gonna be really bad for business. You know, can you can you squeeze out another five quarters, 10 quarters of increasing profits I'm sure you can but it's not going to be hundred quarters it's not going to be 200 quarters you know it's not going to be another 10 20 30 years of the same old same old without dire consequences for everybody this has got to be an economy and society that works for all not just a few since people have to understand that and um, again my belief is they have to step up and speak out on this stuff
0: so that leads to the next question, which is, of all the business people that need to speak up and could make this happen, why is it you? Why were you called to this mission, and why do you think you're in the unique position to make this happen?
1: A Good question. I was in my own business for 27 years. My wife and I started our own small business back in 79 and grew it to upwards of over 300 people. And five years after we started our business, I became involved with the business community in general because that was just my nature. And I had joined the Chamber of Commerce at that time, and along with about five or six other small business folks that joined the chamber at the same time, we began to make a major difference in the voice for small business in San Francisco. We really built the small business community in San Francisco along with others, one of the things that I did in particular was to pull together the seven or eight largest small business organizations in the city. We pulled them together, brought them to our bakery, and we formed at that time, back in the mid-'80s, what is still called the San Francisco Small Business Network. And that network represents about 25,000 small businesses mainly in San Francisco today and has a voice. You know, I've been involved with the progressive business organizations like SVN and Bali and, and BSR and I've been involved with the Chambers of Commerce. And personally, I am very comfortable and actually enjoy weaving together diverse people and interests towards common goals. And then I've done that for years. When I left my own business a few years ago, an old friend of mine by the name of Ben Cohn from Ben & Jerry's asked me to start up an organization that he had founded nine years prior If I'd started up out here, and I did, it's part of Business Leaders for Sensible Priorities. And Ben and I parted ways—not as friends, we're still very close friends—but organizationally, because he wanted to keep BLSP focused on moving money from the military. Myself and the group of business folks that I brought together in that effort really felt that building a new voice of business was the most critical thing that we could do, and. I've spoken to people on a national level, and there's a lot of people that are saying that building a new voice of business is the single most important thing we have to do right now. And I won't say that that's the case, but let's just say it it is important. Why me? Um, You know, I seem to be here. I'm very comfortable, as I said, very comfortable with diverse people. I love weaving people together. I have built over the years a very substantial network of friends, associates that are interested in in doing something here and you know maybe I'm just here during the founding time and hand it off to somebody who will run it in a couple of years. I have no idea but I seem to be the person at the right place the right time that people seem to be coalescing around and with Um, I do not in any way feel like I'm I'm doing this. I've got a great team of people We're up to about 35 40 people that are volunteering 10 to 15 hours a month or more to help build this organization together.
0: It definitely does sound like you're off to a great start with the group and that there is a great community moving out there to support you. Is there a way for our listeners out there that might be interested in being a part of this themselves and maybe learning more could get more information on the new voice of business and perhaps contact you directly?
1: I would say the best thing to do would be to give people my email address so verbally it's it's my name which is Elliot Hoffman, which is E-L-L-I-O-T-H-O-F-F-M-A-N at SBCglobal.net. We're actually in a, in a quiet phase now, putting together our, our business plan, brand strategy, launch strategy, and we will be officially launching sometime in late March, early April. We will have a website up, if not uh, before then, certainly by then. And, um, you know, I welcome participation by people who are listening to this.
0: We hope our listeners do check in with Elliot. We also will have a link on our website where you can just click and go straight to an email if you wish to write to him. And, Elliot, good luck with the new voice of business, and we look forward to hearing a lot from you and your group in the future. Thank you for joining us this week on Stranova.
1: It was a pleasure spending time with you and hopefully your listeners will get involved.
0: Those of you who follow business news in both depth and breadth on a regular basis have heard enough of the bad reputation that business has collected to last, I would guess, for your entire lifetime. We as business people may never be able to see what we think of as full justice for those who have been badly treated by the greed and corruption that sometimes comes when big money and significant power come together and we certainly cannot turn back the clock on the mistakes of the past. What we can do, on the other hand, is resolve to recognize that, both individually and collectively, all of you listening here today together, do wield an even greater power to help business create some incredible good for the future. As I've said in past episodes of this program, all of our businesses do coexist in interlocked ecosystems, and we cannot continue selfishly looking out just for, as the old description goes, Number one, because as the poet John Donne said, in so much more eloquently a fashion some many, many years ago, no man is an island and no business is an island either. Let's all step up to the challenge of using our power in business, integrated with the powerful will we all have collectively to transform this world in some big ways, just as our guest Elliot Hoffman has said, for the benefit of our children and grandchildren and for all the living beings that grace our home, planet Earth. That's my reflection for this week, and thanks for listening. For further information on the topics discussed in this episode of Stranova, please visit us at our website, www.stranova.com, and remember to check out the current program and resources pages. Also, if you have any comments on this week's show or suggestions for future shows, contact us by email at ideasstranova.com. In addition, you can also call our Stranova comment line at 408 408- Eight four nine four three nine four. We plan to sample some of these messages for a future podcast segment of Stranova in the future. This recording is copyright 2005 by Brad Redderson. And this is Brad Redderson thanking all of you for joining us this week on Stranova.